Housing Studios. On this episode of Low Culture. I had to drop that bomb at some point. Oh, love. Blech. Uh, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. Even if it's wrong, it's fine. He is French. <laughs> yes. So this makes this is a consistent. Monarchy and monarchy with the benediction of the, the church. I guess getting high. It's okay. We still love you. Because suffering is going to happen. We cannot prevent suffering. Episode 2. The Lion King. Welcome everyone to episode 2 of Low Culture. Today we're going to be talking about The Lion King, which only after some of you mentioned, I realized that some of you have probably watched this movie in a language not in English. And that is just bizarre to me. And I don't know why I never thought of it before. I just assumed everyone saw it in English, but clearly they didn't. So I'm very interested to hear about how the movie translated into French and, and Greek. You know, how, what that did with the songs and the names and, the, you know, the accents and stuff. And if you did get a chance to watch it in your, in your own language and in English, like, yeah, how weirdly different was that? So let's start off first with our perennial question. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie and what that was like? I don't remember the first ever time because I've watched it so many times. But I remember we had the VHS tape. So I don't know, I watch it in the VHS thing. And then every time we had any sort of gathering and there are kids involved, it would just put the Lion King so that the kids would shut up. So I was part of it. I was part of the kids, right? So we would all just sit in front of the TV and watch the Lion King because we had the Lion King. For some reason, we had, we had three movies, Disney movies in VHS. We had the Lion King in Greek, the first Aladdin in English. And then we had Thumbelina in Greek. Wow. I don't I- know. Why? Huh. <laughs> I don't think mm-hmm. I've seen Thumbelina. I don't think I've seen it since. But I do remember there was Lion King and Thumbelina because they were in Greek. We would watch them over and over again when every time we had parties at home, like my dad's birthday and everybody would come home and we'd watch the kids. So you watched it on TV basically, on VHS. Yeah, on VHS, yeah. What about what about you, Kim? I didn't watch Lion King until much later. In fact, I got the soundtrack and I don't actually remember watching it until much like I knew the soundtrack in and out. So it was the first CD I ever bought. I remember buying it specifically at the popular at Brass Bassa. There was a CD section somewhere in, in between mezzanines or something like that. And my mom was with me and she bought it for me and then I kept playing the heck out of it. Uh, which is weird because I don't actually like musicals that much now. Maybe this is why. And then when I watched it, I think the, when I watched it in preparation for this episode, it was only like the second time I'd ever seen it. Wow. And so some of these things were actually really surprising to me. Like, I was like, that's really racist. Or, oh, they're having sex. I don't remember this part. <laughs> the lions? Yeah, when I know they, what you I mean. I know, I, I know it's the Can You Feel the Love Tonight, that, that song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd never thought of it when I was a kid. And then when I was an adult, much later, someone said, isn't Nala making bedroom eyes at, at Simba in that song? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, I know she's making bedroom eyes. And that has scarred me for life. And I was so upset with that person. And that person knows who this who they are, by the way, if they, if they ever do listen to this. Yeah, yeah, it is bedroom eyes. It is 100%. Like, to the point, I was, I was watching it a few days ago and I was like, oh, this is, this is for kids, right? My God. <laughs> But when you're listening to the soundtrack as a kid, it says, uh, it's just, can you feel the love tonight? Da, 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 da. And then when the you know, first time I watched it, it just zoop went by. It's like, ah, they are stum- tumbling in the grass. Mm, why, why, are the, why is the pig so unhappy? I don't get it. <laughs> yes. So quite different for me as well. Daniel, you said you watched this movie in French the first time you watched it. Yes, definitely. Just like Jurassic Park last week. I, I, I've seen France loves to dub every single movie so so you don't get the choice and i probably never watched a movie in the original version until i was something like 17 or 18 because you don't find that commonly in movie theaters okay the lion king i'm pretty sure i saw at my grandparents place when i was somewhere around eight ten years old probably on a vhs as well probably with my cousins i probably saw it every other year when we were visiting I mean, we visit more often than that. We're not like terrible people. We we had this big family reunion once a year. Oh, no, it's, we get when, it. We get it. That's we when it. that's when we watch it. Yeah. Any other here too? Once a year is enough, man. It's it's quite fun in French. I mean, we we can do, go into some of the differences now or later, I guess, about like the voices and the songs and some of those things. Though I don't know the the 
Lion King in English that well. Yeah, it's been a fun experience to rewatch it because I definitely haven't seen that movie in what, 20 plus years. I, you know, I think it's been probably a similar amount of time that I haven't seen this movie as well, but perhaps for very different reasons. I remember watching it when I was in Dubai. There was this one cinema in Dubai at the time that was the only cinema I think that ran or one of maybe a handful of two or three cinemas in town that ran English films. And this was the 94, right? So I was, I was, yeah, I'd, I'd gone to Dubai in 94. So I'd probably in my first few months in the, in this new city that I went to watch The Lion King. I have this memory of me sitting in the cinema, watching the thing and just completely being blown away. And then Mufasa dies and I couldn't stop crying. My mom, who is sitting next to me, she leans over and she hands me like, tissues and i'm like i'm not i'm not bawling i'm just silently sobbing to myself because i'm not i'm trying not to make a scene and then i'm quietly wiping my tears and i just couldn't stop and then every time i watched that movie as a kid i would just burst into tears and i i had the vhs i had like a sticker book i had the a storybook version of the movie i had the soundtrack on cassette and i played that so much i think it I grounded into dust and so i knew all the songs i still remember the songs which is weird because when i was watching it the other day and i was just singing along to the songs and i'm like wow i still remember the lyrics this is so weird i always had this fear that if i were to watch it as an adult i'll burst into tears again happy to say that that did not happen it's okay right, it's cry. okay man mufasa died i didn't cry boo boo you've lost something man you've lost something to be fair, I was watching that scene and I was like, you know, he he made a number of poor choices up to that point, including mm, trusting mm. that brother who, I believe, according yep. to the canon, had tried to kill him multiple times. Oh, is that true? Yep. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of spin-offs, right? I think like Lion King 2 and there's some books and shit. Scar is a bad dude. <laughs> He's constantly trying to get him killed. His offspring are sound bad. that bad. Really? The wait, wait. He's the movie. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't sound that bad. He just sounds like a guy who's annoyed that he wants to be king, but he'll never be king. And he's just, you know, petty about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, I, when I watched the movie again yesterday, I actually was thinking to myself, how would The Lion King would be a different movie if this thing started like Scar became king was the end of the movie. And before we had all the life of Scar where he wanted to be king, but he was always overshadowed by his, by his bigger brother. Uh, and then like for no that, other reason that is the older brother it's exactly like that Mufasa is like, the bad guy yeah and uh, yeah. and scar just wanted to actually integrate everybody into the pride into pride rock he wanted lions and hyenas to live together mm-hmm. and yes that's i, I was so imagining a different movie in my head <laughs> it is very different because the way you're describing it, it sounds a little bit like let's imagine for a moment if japan had won world war ii and they ask their propagandists to create stories about that. You know, uh, it's a, a fight against white colonial aggression. Uh, Asian co-prosperity co- sphere. And then they create a movie around that. Um, because it, the way Lion King is, it feels like a pro-Simba propaganda movie. Uh, yes. There's overcrowding. There's there, oh, Look at these other cultured hyenas coming in on the backs of these. Uh, thing. A bit xenophobic, for sure. Very nationalist. Um, so, yeah. you know, the way you're describing it, it's, it's such an interesting thing, right? But history is written by the victors, in this case, Simba. I would not be surprised yeah. if we see like a version of Scar's story now, like in the Disney canon, because I know that they, mm. next week or, or or now, I think the new Cruella movie is out on. Oh, Disney, yeah. But Cruella developed from 101 Dalm- So they like. Is that from re- her point of view? Yeah, exactly. How she became Cruella. So I'm sure we'll see uh, how did Scar become Scar. Right. There was one Maleficent, right? And uh, and, then Wicked is his own thing. Uh, But very good point about Scar being... I mean, as an adult, I feel I view Scar very differently as I did as a child. As a child, I was Mm -hmm. like, what a bad dude. The hyenas are bad. And then as an adult, I'm like, the hyenas are just being hyenas. Like, what what do you... Yeah. That's what they yeah. do, right? They were quite fun. As an adult, I really was. Mm-hmm. Actually, the only ones... I really liked Ed's character. He didn't say anything, but he was yeah. the most fun character in the whole show. I, I, I liked Ed yeah. as a kid as well. <laughs> yeah, they're just like teens, right? Or like, I guess in this particular film, Urban Blacks, apparently, uh, with the accent. Uh, and Ed is just a goofy dude who, I guess, these days you might think of him as like he's got some developmental issues. So that so that, that's an interesting point you raised, Kim, because I know in the English version, the hyenas are voiced by uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Cheech Marine, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Who are yep. African-American and Latino. Do you know who voiced the, the French and the Greek versions of these characters? Were they also sort of minority characters, token characters? In French, no, absolutely not. 
They just sound like normal French people. They sound like normal French people, absolutely. For the hyenas, nothing, yeah. It's just very normal voices. They're not even mentioned in the Wikipedia article. Uh, I was listening to the voices and I went to check it out. And James Earl Jones is the voice of Mufasa. He was also Darth Vader. He's a father, the father, every time. A lot about that, yeah, yeah. That's very true. And he, and they brought him back for the for the remake as well. Oh, uh, for the not whatever make the, the it. live action thing. It's yeah, and whatever. It wasn't really live action, but sort of right. live-ish action. Yeah, live-ish. Yeah, I just found the hyenas in the Greek uh, translation. No, they're not. Uh, but yeah, Greeks are are considered a minority in Europe anyway. Like uh, <laughs> so, everyone in the movie was minority. That's great. So can I ask then, what was your favorite part in the movie? Any favorite lines, favorite scenes, favorite dialogues, favorite relationships? For me, it was the starting scene, I think. The starting scene, starting song where you have the powerful music, all the animals coming and just to see the king or rather Simba. It's a great start. It's a beautiful start. That's my favorite scene. Like how was Circle of Life in, in French, was it the same or? Yeah, yeah. The, the lyrics are translated pretty close. Like I have this website where you can see on both sides, like English and French, and it's pretty much the same. There are very few differences. And on the Wikipedia page, they actually mention some of the slight differences, but yeah, for most of it, it's exactly the same. Even rhymes, it's just, yeah. Yeah, same, same in Greek for, for the circle of life at least. Well, what was your favorite part, Left Terrace? Now, when I watched it yesterday, there was only one scene where I saw like character progression. It was the one scene where uh, Rafiki hit uh, Simba in the head. It's like, in the past now. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. He tried to hit him again, and then he learned from the past. It was, I think, I feel that was the, my favorite scene yesterday. But then I, I remembered while I was watching it again, I remembered, I, I really loved the scene where in the final battle, when Timon and Pumbaa enter the, the fight, uh, I, I don't mm. know, I just, find, I just find this hysterical every time. I don't know why. <laughs> they sing that song, is it? They're trying to distract the hyenas, that part, or? Yeah, the, huh. that part. And then later when they, when they run in. Excuse me, pardon me, coming through hot stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I only find it funny. What about you, Kim? Um, that was interesting. I think as I was watching it this time, I, I was distracted by how unfamiliar I found some scenes. Like there was one part where he's eating bugs. And because the song doesn't reflect this at all. The song, there's nothing about the bugs. It's all text. So in the soundtrack, it's just a kind of instrumental bit. And I know the songs. That's primarily how I engage with the film as a kid. So watching it, I was like, this is new. Like, what's going on here? He's eating bugs. He goes like slimy, but nutritious or satisfying, I think. And I'm like, what, what, what is this? Uh, where, <laughs> the, the Lion King is eating bugs. <laughs> slimy and satisfying. That's it. I think I was watching it. I was like, whoa. I think Hazel was passing by. I was like, what is going on? Where are the bugs coming from? Uh, and he does that for quite a while. And I was like, this is so, so fascinating. It, went, it led me down this rabbit hole. What do lions eat? Do lions eat bugs? No, they don't really. Uh, in fact, incoming uh, new males, when they win the fight, uh, will kill off previous uh, males as, or whatever, as a matter of course. While also being, you know, ultimately very lazy and whatnot, because they, uh, you know, it's the, usually the females that do the hunting. Uh, the hunting. Yeah. Yes. And but even though they are just like hanging around as his harem, basically, which you don't think about mm. as a kid either. If they had been anthropomorphized, you would be seeing just some women lounging around in the background, not actually doing too much. But anyway, I got distracted. So bugs, bugs is my favorite scene. Wow, I would not have expected that. That's such a strange. <laughs> hey, you do you, Kim. It's so colorful and they look kind of delicious, actually. I mean, for, in the context yes. of the movie. I do, I do. The agree creamy that, bits. Mm-mm. Yeah, that, that entire sequence is missing from the song. Actually, if you if you hear the song by itself, right? They just said, oh, well, people don't see it in the cinema, maybe. And 
they'll, they'll get the picture. It tells us a lot about Simba's change in character like that, that particular sequence. But. Yeah, yeah, it's the Hakuna Matata, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and so the, in the song itself, it's just like uh, Hakuna Matata, da 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 da, da right? And there's this long section where it's just like instrumentals where they're not singing, and they're just apparently now I know they're busy eating bugs. <laughs> <laughs> in the Greek translation, sir, in the Greek translation, in that scene, when he reaches into the tree trunk and he says, hmm, the little cream filled kind, that makes l- less sense in Greek because he pulls a bug out and says, hmm, strawberry flavor. And he put it in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the bug is blue, right? I think that's the, what he Yeah, yeah. <laughs> blue. <laughs> ah, translations. It's just that because we had, uh, around that period, we had a ad for a, a, an ice cream in the TV and there was a catchphrase ooh strawberry flavor so I guess that's where the translation came in they, they did their research good for them to target the Greek population they did their research there yeah, yeah. I, I know actually a, lo- a lot of people in Greece who are doing the translation for Disney films or doing mm-hmm. the voiceovers for these films it's a lot of work because there's so many things you have to keep in check for that right like the acting is one part of it and the, it has to make sense it has to be translatable right. but wouldn't yeah. um, someone who writes the translation be a different person than the actor? Yes. Translator also needs to make sense in Greek, but at the same time, Disney needs to approve because back and forth a lot. That must be such a tedious job, my God. Some shows are dubbed in French depending on the creator. So obviously not with Disney, but with some others. They take a lot of freedom with the original like lines of the actors. So there are a couple of Japanese shows in particular that sound very, very, very different in French than they are in, in Japanese. And so some of them are fam- famous in France for being absolutely hilarious, where in Japanese they are not. They're just like, the characters are all very normal, etc. But in French, I don't know, for whatever reason, they found that it would be funny to give them funny... So it's not accent or anything like this. It's just they have funny voices. And then they always say stuff that just is weird based on what's happening in a scene. So they have improvised like whatever is, is going on. It's very, <laughs> very funny to watch. So, but not for the Lion King, unfortunately. Maybe no even know. I think when we see the, the, the new Scar movie that I'm sure is in the works somewhere, maybe then we'll see some of this. Mm-hmm. My my favorite part also I think is is like Daniel the opening sequence because it just it hits you in the face man it's like you were not expecting oh, yeah. a movie to start with a song and you're like I remember I think the first time I saw it I didn't know it was a song I thought something was happening and then finally sort of the music kicked in and I'm like oh this is a song that is so weird and then it's such an iconic thing now right mm-hmm. but that that first opening part is just so it sets up the whole movie without that it would be a very different movie so for me as well Daniel once again we agree on the best part of the movie yeah, so nice. uh, uh, fun little thing when I started to watch it I got the wrong edition so I got the late the recent remake and I was watching it and it, initially I think it's song right so you're like mm, okay the graphics is quite nice and then oh, it was quite good animation and then suddenly you're looking at the kind of skipped ahead a bit because I was thinking of the opening there's not too much suddenly I see all these very lifelike giraffes and zebras doing this coordinated bowing thing I'm just like huh <laughs> and then like the gears started to turn out like uh, this is the Lion King it's not 1994 this is not 1994 as I watched it I was like holy this looks so weird it's just this uncanny valley of weirdness because they look so lifelike but they're clearly doing it together uh, one at a time and like wrong year at which point I had to go and hunt down another copy and I will probably watch it at some time because it looks weird it looks weird as heck there's a part where they start talking and it's just like Ugh. and apparently it was received quite well so well um, we, I mean we will talk about the remake for any of us who have seen who's seen it actually oh well, am I the I only know. one who's seen the remake wow okay then I've I seen think. I've seen the musical though there was a musical that came to yeah, Singapore I saw the musical as years well. ago. Yeah, yeah. I saw that and throughout the because of the songs I could remember some of the some of the musical and especially like the, this this opening scene where you are sitting in the theater and you have all the animals that come next to you etc it's magical as well the musical's done really well i thought it was a lot of fun it was just a fun show the musical is better than the movie but i should probably not say that but yeah okay. <laughs> well, well daniel it was nice it was nice having you uh you're you're entitled to your opinion even if it's wrong it's fine i had i had to drop that bomb at some point i'm sorry guys i i just i was not a big fan of the movie rewatching it so we're already drawing lines yeah. but uh, i'm i'm happy to explain it and now it's time for a daniel rant I guess I like mostly movies that have a little bit of an intrigue, like a little bit of a story and a little bit of a complex characters that go somewhere, you, a little bit unexpected. Mm-hmm. And here it's like none of that. It's, <laughs> it's mostly 
this cast of lions, they don't even justify why they should be in charge. They're in charge and they mistreat people, even like Zazu, who's a nice guy. No, they just play with him like he's, he's a nothing. Treat everyone with disrespect. And then at some point, well, someone who's still a lion takes over and it's like, oh my God, that, that not only that it needs to be a lion, it needs to be from a specific lineage of the son of this specific lion, which makes even less sense. And there is no justification for it other than just that. And so at the end of the day, he comes back and the only reason why he wins and the only reason why everyone follows him is because he's the son. He's not courageous at least not more courageous than anyone else. That was a Daniel rant. You're describing monarchy, Daniel. He is French, <laughs> yes. so this make, this is a consistent. Is this mo- monarchy and monarchy with the benediction of the, the church? Because you even have this figure with like, Rafiki is, is here, he's a different species, but still it's like, okay, well, the lions are the best and I'm going to bless them. So you have the church and the state together, like, trying to oppress people and it's, yeah. So... That's interesting because Rafiki, right, if you look at the the Hamlet or like, you know, what it was apparently inspired by, the one story, apparently this is the first original thing that Disney made, but it was inspired by, I believe, uh, initially Bambi and then in later iterations, Hamlet. Hamlet also partly rests a little bit on divine right, which I suppose is what monarchies generally do and how like the uncle is upsetting this divine succession and this is why Hamlet can go and kill him and that's part of everything's fine the whole Lion King thing actually is divine right because it's your, you're right uh, Rafiki is this monkey shaman uh, I think his his initial thing is like I know and whatnot, and then suddenly in the middle of the movie he's like I have a visitation I ah Simba is alive <laughs> he's just sitting in his cave I guess getting high probably think about it now and then he's like oh Simba's alive because magic dust hits him <laughs> that, that was a weird moment yeah. where's yeah. the dust That's, is that dust where is he going where, where is he visiting him and then he, when he visits Simba he hallucinates and it's like oh here is your ghost king where I guess where mm-hmm. Hamlet comes in and then he anoints him right so it is entirely about divine right and whatnot which I think in a modern democracy a bit like really really I both your analyses absolutely spot on right in a in a liberal democracy there's no there's no time for stuff like this I completely agree uh, in a liberal one yes I, I still enjoy the movie it's okay we still love you. No, and like you said, right? You can have opinions even if they're wrong. Absolutely, no, no. Exactly. I don't. Because because we are in democracy. If we were in the land of of Simba the Great, I would be yes. banished. If I was a hyena, yes, I would be banished. Absolutely, yes. We eat the antelope, as as Mufasa tells. So <laughs> they need antelope. They yeah, no ban- one talks about the antelope, right? The antelope are part of the crowd that bow. Well, they, they I think they weren't, but all the others that they eat, right? Uh, zebras, they all bow down to the people who eat them. Yes, which. There's another layer in there somewhere. Quite a problem. And we never see them properly eating an antelope. So sanitized, yeah. Yeah. So it's very sanitized. It's only when scar takes over, then suddenly you start to see some bones and it feels very different. But previously, what did they do with the bones? They still ate those antelopes, right? Yeah. So so how is that any different? And then suddenly also, now you can eat bugs and bugs are fine so bugs are lesser animals what does that mean if you go further into it the antelope apparently the herds felt uh you know the hyenas were overeating them i suppose at which point the leaders like okay let's go somewhere else so that we are not overeaten so it means they're okay with a certain number proportion of their people being food which is such a (laughs) like oh my god i guess that's how uh, government is made right because i mean if you look at the decisions that governments do make they they do it statistically it's not they never go we can have no suffering they always go we can have some suffering we can have a, a selected amount of suffering and we are okay with that because suffering is going to happen. We cannot prevent suffering, which is what the antelope leaders are saying. I should also mention at this point that the movie is aimed at kids. Does that make it better? Responsible <laughs> citizenship from an early age. Some of the complexities that we're discussing here, while valid, may not necessarily have been the priority of the storytellers in, in this particular particular thing. Yeah. Right. But Absolutely, but I guess we're, we're rediscussing it as adults, right? So that's yeah. why yeah. I'm bringing on this on. Otherwise, as a kid, I love the movie. So it's, it's very different.
Hey, I'm Kim. Uh, I'm from the Improv Company and we do improv. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about what we do and whether or not you can bring improv into your own life and find the power and the joy of improv for yourself or for your company, uh, come talk to us. We are improv.sg and we will either run lots of classes for you where you come and learn how to be more spontaneous and creative and resilient or we can come to you at your company and teach everyone the same thing. Uh, make your team culture more positive, more fun, and more uh, collaborative overall. Alongside everything we do, we also do a podcast called Geniuses, Poets, and Artists, where we talk to various members of the improv community here in Singapore to find out a little bit about why they love improv so much and how it's changed their lives for the better. So come check us out. Uh, we are on Anchor and all good uh, podcast providers. So I, I want to talk a little bit about the sound and the music, right? Because I know we've, we've all had sort of very different, I guess, or unique, or I would say perhaps more than anything, at least the thing that I remember the most about the movie are the songs. There are so many of them. I did not realize there were so many songs. I think they only cut one song, I think, from the movie, which then ended up in the musical, if I'm not mistaken. So even there, they put, they put an extra song in the musical, just in case they weren't enough. Tell me about the songs, like, because I know you, especially you, Daniel, and you, Jester, you guys heard or enjoyed the songs in your own native languages. What were your favorite songs then from the movie? I'm terrible with songs and lyrics and I can never remember any of them. I've, I've never learned any of those songs. Yeah, like, like I can follow the tune, but I can't remember the song. So to tell you which one I like best, I think I like best Akuna Matata, because it's just fun. Akuna Matata. Mais quelle phrase magnifique. Akuna Matata, quel son fantastique! Ces mots signifient que tu vivras ta vie sans aucun souci. Philosophie! I'm just very amazed, Daniel, that you say this about yourself, and then every time we jump on stage to do anything in improv, you want to do a rap battle. And I'm like, why do you want to do that? Because it's the hardest thing ever, especially for me. So I feel like, okay, let's try something hard. But obviously, so I get better at it eventually. But no, I have always been very, very bad with music and songs. And I can't sing for the life of me. So, even in French? Even in French. I can do improvised like rap in French. I've tried it a couple of times. It, it, it works a lot better than in English which is not very difficult. I, I still remember to this day, I, we were in, um, in music class in high school with like with my, my whole class and the prof had every one of us singing and you know, she was like, okay, well, everyone sings now the song and I can't remember what that song was. And then she's like, huh, someone, someone is slightly off. Like, <laughs> can you sing again? They're like, okay, we all sing again. She's like, okay, it's someone on this side. So then you have only half of the class singing. Huh. Okay, people at the back, can you sing? And yeah, it was me. Obviously, it was me. And I never could sing. Yeah, like, like that's one thing I want to master one day, singing. It's time for us to start petitioning uh, Lemuse to, uh, to hold some auditions. I think that's what it is. Yes, yes. My dream. Hashtag Daniel and Lemuse. Yeah. <laughs> yep, new hashtag. It, it. I, I think as a song... I was not particularly fond of any of the songs. <laughs> I'm slowly coming to the realization that I, I forced this movie on the three of you. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, let's, let's rephrase. You have forced six movies on us. Yes. <laughs> I would have not watched any of these movies at any point um, without you, Imran. So you've changed my mm -hmm. life. I haven't watched The Lion King in a very long time. So I, I, I thought I loved it because I loved it when I was a kid. Yesterday, especially when I was watching it, ah, they're singing again. Can we get it over with? <laughs> <laughs> that being said. You did say you uh, don't like musicals. You did say that. I do not like musicals. That is true. They're kind Good of all bland and all the same. I, I love music. That's why I don't like musicals. <laughs> no, it's okay. You know, I, I like theater. That's why I don't like musicals. So I think we've got something in common. <laughs> <laughs> It is, it, is, it is a bit harsh because I, I, I know that people working in musicals work hard and it's like, I feel bad for mm -hmm. like, ah, oh, you suck. I mean, I can totally think of many examples of industries that exist where people work very hard at these industries or, that is or companies and they still suck because of the nature of what they do. 
Can you feel the love tonight in Greek? And that's only because uh, I love the contrast of Timon and Puba being silly while the lions are having sex. Atmosfera romantica mi risirima dio. Another thing that I, I, I loved, I actually genuinely loved, is the music Hans Zimmer's score uh. when when Simba meets uh, sees uh, his father up in the clouds, right? That part gave me goosebumps even even yesterday. Um, yeah, I think for for me, uh, I really like them because I guess when you're a kid, uh, you're given this thing and it's reasonably well produced. You're like, yay, songs! And you know, at at that age, you didn't have a lot of choice, right? You had CDs. I had, I think a lot of my other CDs were like, <clears throat> this is what you call music, eighties. <clears throat> I like those too. <laughs> And like this, so you know, it was, it was I, I kept replaying these these CDs. I think there was also a, the six CD set of oldies or something, which uh, <laughs> you had like the Carpenters and Can you see that puppy in the window? Which that's it, yeah, I like them all enough that I kept listening to it. So I'm very familiar with all of these songs, not so much the instrumental ones because I guess it's not in English, so I didn't really notice the words to all of them. I could probably tell you what how they. Uh, what the lyrics are and so on. If I had to pick one, Hakuna Matata, just because it's so uh, upbeat. Hakuna Matata, what a wonderful phrase. Hakuna Matata, ain't no passing craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Yes, yeah, it, it. It's our problem free philosophy. Hakuna Matata. And as a kid, you're like, oh, love, block. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the same. I, I, I did not <laughs> like any of the love tonight when I was growing up. I was like, Ugh. I didn't come to the movie to watch this. What the hell's going on? Mother <laughs> is right there. Get on with the fun bits. But, but for me, for me, my favorite was Hakuna Matata, and I just can't wait to be king. I think those two are the my favorite songs. Oh, I just can't wait to be king. You've run for a long way to go, young master. If you think- Although watching it this time, as I was watching it, I was like, what an annoying child. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's like, you know he knows nothing. You also know with pre-foreknowledge or whatever it is that he's going to get his dad killed or be a pawn in getting his dad killed yep. because of this lack of knowledge. What a dumb child. Oh. Even then, he knows that he's going to get, he's gonna, he will be the king the day his dad dies. So he's basically saying, I can't wait for my dad to die. Oh my God. <laughs> Come on, he knows it. it his dad explained it yeah. to him like three minutes before in the movie. Uh, One day, all the light touches will be yours. Wait, I'm dead. Oh, oh. <laughs> dead, you say. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very, that's a different movie. I think that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that, that, I, I can't wait to be king. That's what I started thinking about that other movie with Scar being like the not looked after second child. I will see all the, all the privilege and love that was showered upon Mufasa growing up and he got, he got a facial injury and they named him after it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he got it while that's trying to deal mm. with his brother apparently oh where, where do you I get mean, all no, this information Wikipedia. yeah <laughs> wikipedia i went down the rabbit hole for this i saw the movie and that was all the research i did there's uh, an entire uh, you know one of those like sub knockoff wikis about the lion king universe wow oh, disney wow. wiki let's talk a little bit more about what daniel has been hinting at the whole conversation was about the sound or something do you want to you want to explain what what is it that you wanted to talk about i wanted to talk about the choice of actors for the voices in french which is that Mufasa is dubbed by Jean Reno. That's great. Yeah, which is actually a pretty good choice. It works really, really well. And they actually brought him back in a 2019 version, from what I can see from Wikipedia. 
And then some of the other weird one that came is I realized that Rafiki's voice is Eddie Murphy's voice in French. What? Which sure, what? Eddie Murphy. So the guy, the guy who does Eddie Murphy in all the French movies uh-huh. also uh-huh. did Rafiki, but using exactly the same voice and accent. And so I was thinking, okay, so probably Eddie Murphy did Rafiki's voice in English, but no, he didn't. Huh. Yeah. And it worked? Those are the only two that stood out. Yeah, it worked. It worked. It worked. But uh, it just was strange because I was really expecting someone else. Those, those are the two that, that came and were like, oh, okay. It took me a little bit away from the movie itself because I'm like, oh, oh, this is Jean Reno. Okay, that's that's quite fun. Every time he talked, like, because his voice is so distinctive, I, I definitely noticed it. Same for Eddie Murphy. Is Jean Reno the guy from Leon the Professional? Yep. He was in Godzilla. Okay. I guess he's less famous outside of France, but in France, uh, it's pretty big. Oh, he's famous enough, like he, yeah. uh, recognizable. He's great. John Renault is a great actor. He's That's done fine. also some pretty bad movies. Like, like I can point to a couple if you guys are interested. But uh, yeah, he's also done some pretty good movies. He's done 41 of them, apparently. So I guess... You've done 41 movies. You've probably done a few good ones and a few bad ones. For me, watching it in English as an adult, I think as a kid, I didn't have an opinion on this, but as an adult, I feel the best performance was by Jeremy Irons as Scar because his voice just added so much to that character. And there were points where he was almost growling, but he wasn't. He was still Jeremy Irons. Simba, it's to die for. It just added so much more depth to that character, I think, which anybody else... I don't know if any of you have seen the... Well, you haven't seen the remake or the reimagining of it, whatever it is. And Scar just wasn't quite as... It just wasn't quite as effective in the... In the Nazi-like? In the uh, Nazi-like? I don't know. Where, where you... It just wasn't as... I guess as a kid, I found Scar scary, right? Like, I was like, wow. And as an adult, I could see it's quite intimidating, right? But like in the remake, it just didn't have that same impact. Well, the movie itself was a bit weird but yeah I, I think Jeremy Irons was just a great pick for, for Scar and I, I wish he'd come back actually for the for the remake but I guess he had better things to do who plays him on the remake I always butcher this person's name I'm gonna spell it out really slowly Chuetel Edgio 4 if that's how his name is pronounced he was in 12 Years a Slave I think that's the most one that he's most famous for probably yeah he did a good job. Nothing wrong with anything he did, but... Uh, by the way, I just realized that Zazu in English is Rowan Mr. Bean. Huh. He is, did a good is job. Is he using a similar voice or is it, is it different? Or? Well, Mr. Bean is actually he... is a silent character. He doesn't say anything. I'm not eating our Black Adder. Yes. Or but no, I didn't, I didn't recognize him. Uh, also, Matthew Bod- uh, Broderick is Simba. And it turns out that uh, I think he and... Uh, there was another guy, Nathan Lane, Simon. They eventually went on to do the producers together, which yeah. was kind of a weird little like tidbit where they concoct right, a fake musical that's supposed to fail about the Nazis, but instead becomes a roaring success. And then they're like, "Oh no, our our accounting scheme is going to come undone." Because of their success. I thought Nathan Lane and I forget the man who did Bumba's voice, but there. Chemistry was really good. Really, really good. I, I was curious. I wanted to ask Daniel, because in the Greek translation, uh, the sound effects, the laughs are exactly, the laughs are exactly the same as in the English version. Does that happen in, in the French version? It's a good question. I should go back and compare. Uh, good question. It was very, like, for example, Ed is, they did not actually give money to cast another person as Ed since he does not say anything else. The voice of Ed in Greek is the same as the voice of Ed in English. Yes, that's correct. In French, I can see it's the same. It's Jim Cummings for Ed in both cases. So now the question is, did he get paid three times? Or did he just he should. So now having rewatched the movie as an adult, what do we think has aged well and what hasn't aged well? So I know Daniel has mentioned a lot about what <laughs> probably hasn't aged well, but is there anything that you think has aged well? I can mention one more thing that has, okay, that has aged differently, or let's say if it was done today, especially uh-huh. after all the Pixar movies and um, Miyazaki and quite a few of other movies that we used to now, nowadays for in this sort of movies, you have a story for kids and you have a story for adults. And there is no story for adults in this one. It's purely a kid's movie. And that's something that hasn't aged as... I mean, it's not necessarily that it hasn't aged well. It's more like that's something that you would expect in a movie nowadays, that even as an adult, you're going to get more references. There is, there is a whole Nazi armada 
for you to get as an adult. Yeah. And yeah, I guess so. I guess so. There is this. But which means that at the same time, it has aged pretty well in the way that if you're looking at this only as a kid's movie, it's still extremely relevant and, and it's still like a great kid's movie. Hang on, where's the Nazi Amada? The so, hyenas, yeah. yeah. They're, they're marching in front oh, of Scar. Oh, sorry. When, when I saw that, I was just, hey, National Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, 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 be, to be fair, I don't, I don't like parades. Yeah, I mean, I, not a lot of countries have military parades like that. So to, Greece, <laughs> that's my Greece reference, man. Yes, it is a parade, but it's not quite the same. Because the, the, the shot is like, there are all these dark shadows, looming shadows, and it's, it looks very ominous. It's not the same as... All, all towards that one person on top of that yeah. balcony type thing. It, it is... Because they're not marching. <laughs> because it doesn't feel... They, I mean, they're hyenas, but they're goose-stepping, right? They're not really marching. Yeah. Right? Goose-stepping yes. is very mm. North Korea slash Nazi. That, those are the two people who do it, I think, right? Yeah. China. Not necessarily. No, I mean, in Singapore, we have Soka, right? Which is apparently a group of Buddhist aunties. I assume much less menacing. Yeah, yeah, we have like kids, like scouts and boy brigade or whatever it is called, you know. So it's it's not as ominous. It's meant to be like a celebration of community. And I look at our tanks, they are quite small. Yeah. As long as they get the job done, it's not about the size. Oh. I'm feeling if we let if we let Kim go on with this, this will be the last episode of this podcast. <laughs> These days, it's more like a, a large pop concert with, with military flavor. What do you think has aged uh, well then, or would you say that's the the story then, Daniel? Uh, I do agree, Daniel, that the core of it is a kids' movie and it's aged very well. Uh, it's still a very good kids' movie. I will probably take out the overt bedroom eyes part and maybe I think they did eventually recast the Dahinas in the remake. Uh, it wouldn't be received well in the climate today. The rest right, of it is sure. fun. What was the problem with the Dahinas? <laughs> uh, in the English version, they very clearly have an urban black kind of uh, vernacular, like the accent. Um, so it's very clearly a, a racist. Hey, look at these black teens. Uh, they are conspiring uh, with the bad dude. Literally did not go in my head because Whoopi Goldberg yeah. is there. And then isn't like a lot of the main cast also African-American? Like James Earl oh, Jones. Yeah. Nala is also African-American. Anyway, but, yeah, I, I, I get it. It can be, I guess, interpreted in that way. Yeah. I do think at the time it wasn't, it didn't make, you know, a huge wave. People were just like, oh yeah, okay, sure. uh, they were cast in this way, it's alright. Uh, uh, this seems a little racist, but racism is fine. But Jester, yes. What has and hasn't aged well for you? Again, it is, it's, it is a kid's movie, right? So when I was a kid, I did love the, love the songs. As an adult, less so. I'm sure, I, th- I think it has aged fine. Uh, I don't think there are like things that would not fit. If some, if Disney decided to release this movie now. The, the music is also, I guess, like helping a lot, pushing it as a kid's movie and making it lighthearted. Mm-hmm. It, it has the very serious bit in the middle when Mufasa dies. And I like I sympathize with you, Imran. Uh, I also cried when I was a kid when Mufasa died. Actually, not when, not when he died. I did not cry when he died. I cried when Simba lifted his arm and like lied next to him like that's that's when I broke yeah that's when I broke oh, but, I got distracted uh, yeah. I was like wouldn't he have rigor mortis but immediately I don't think so right I don't, I don't know how rigor mortis works clearly <laughs> next time I see a fresh corpse I'll try it out you know. for me I feel like the animation has aged like really well like you, I would not look at this and think oh it's a how many ever year old movie it's really very well done and even the sequences where you can see that they've used some computer animation which was the the wildebeest stampede where Mufasa dies like you can make out that they sort of switched from 2D to 3D like whatever they did there but it doesn't seem like jarring I think it's just animations done really really well you know the voice acting is very well done as well probably one of the best I've heard Hi there, I'm Kim and I'm a friend of Jester. Lefteris here, who is also the host of Lefteris Ask Science, where he interviews various academics around the world about the things that they are interested in. And because he's also an actual academic, an actual card-carrying PhD holder, he knows how to ask questions. Unlike myself, I'm just a bachelor, not even have honours. And his questions are incisive, interesting, and by the time you're done, you really understand a little bit more about why the science they do is important and uh, how they do what they do and why they do what they do. So go and check it out. They're on uh, Anchor and all good podcast providers. Simba as an adult looks like 
Simba as a child with a wig. Like his mane. Right. I don't know. I don't know if it's the way it's drawn. I, I could not not see just like Simba the child with, with some sort of a wig mane. Okay. It's very strange. For all the other lions, for whatever reason, it feels like it's more, the transition is smoother. For him, it looks like, you guys should watch it again. It feels very weird just, just for him. Also, when we were in that day, Simba growing up, I was always, even as a kid, when in the sequence where they're singing Hakuna Matata and they're walking on the log and you see yep. him grow, yep, yep. I was always very curious to see to see how his life was at the period where he just had like a little bit of hair <laughs> in the mane. I, I was always curious, oh, we're going to see how he is when he was a teenager. But no. I actually paused it during uh, this watching to see, oh, that's that's a weird thing. You paused it and you look, yeah, he's got a tiny little nothing. Hair it's here. a bit like, you know, you see a 15-year-old male and he's got a goatee because he's like, oh yeah, I can grow the hair. Yeah. And you're like, that That looks bad. And then no one tells him until he shaves it off and he looks like a normal human again. And he does that. It, it appears for like one and a half seconds as he, you know, he kind of fades in and then he fades into his adult version as yeah. he grows longer. And then the main becomes an actual main. But in between, there is a like one and a half second thing where it's just, it's that sad little tuft. And then they're, they're singing, I guess. I guess he's eating bugs the whole time. Actually, now now as an adult, I realize because he grows up to be like a strong lion and he goes and reclaims his throne. So if that isn't a, an endorsement of an of a insect protein-rich diet, then I don't know what else uh, yeah. What else is, yeah. Only the hyenas eat bugs. They eat zebra. A zebra leg, I guess. And, and Scar. Eventually. Well, Eventually. Yes. Let's talk about that. What happened to Scar at the end? He got eaten? By, by, his, by his friends quite a quite a brutal ending I thought but if you think about it he also constantly you know treated them like shit and uh, I think he threw them under the bus where available I think that's what pissed them off at the end right it's the hyenas who are the real enemy it was their fault it was their idea and I didn't actually as a kid I didn't realize this but as an adult I watching it I'm thinking can a pack of hyenas compete with a pride of lions? Don't think so. Yeah, but but I think they do. If they find a single like a single lion somewhere, I think they do try so to corner it. Oh, really? I think so. If they find like a weak lion somewhere in the wild, I think they do try to corner it. Yes, yeah. and they do get isolated and they do get eaten. A quick Google, and apparently they do because there are often much many more hyenas than lions. So okay. the lion will normally do the big kill, and then the hyenas will intimidate them. I realized I did not do an, a Wikipedia read for The Lion King, so I'm going to do that now. The Lion King is a 1994 American animated musical drama film produced by Walt Disney Feature Animation and released by Walt Disney Pictures. It is the 32nd Disney animated feature film and the fifth animated film produced during a period known as the Disney Renaissance. The Lion King was directed by Roger Allers and Rob Minkoff. Its original songs were composed by Elton John and lyricist Tim Rice with a score by Hans Zimmer. Oh my God, I forgot to tell you my Tim Rice story. I'll come back to that. The film features an ensemble cast, voice cast that includes Matthew Broderick, James Earl Jones, Jeremy Irons, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Moira Kelly, Nathan Lane, Ernie, Sabella, Rowan Atkinson, Robert Guillaume, Madge Sinclair, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Teach Marine, and Jim Cummings. The story takes place in a kingdom of lions in Africa and was influenced by the biblical stories of Joseph and Moses and William Shakespeare's Hamlet. The film... Uh, made was made on a budget of $45 million and made $968.5 million at the box office, which is, again, great, just great ROI. And it spawned musicals, uh, a re-adaptation, and I'm sure many, many sequels as well. So I want to tell you my Tim Rice story. So Tim Rice wrote the lyrics, the English lyrics for The Lion King. I saw him speak at the Literature Festival in Dubai. This was when I was still living there. I went and, of course, attended. And it's only there, uh, when I was in the auditorium listening to him speak, that I realized that he's actually written a lot of stuff uh, apart from The Lion King, right? And he's worked with Andrew Lloyd Webber. And he's written for Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Jesus Christ Superstar, Avita, like all these sort of... And he's worked with ABBA and like he's done a lot of things. And he's written for uh, Aladdin as well. Uh, and the stage adaptation of Beauty and the Beast. So anyway, so he's done a lot of stuff. And I didn't realize this. So he's talking about, and he's a really nice guy, okay, old, you know, jolly old man. He's talking about his stuff. And then he, later on, he's selling his uh, uh, autobiography. I don't have it with me here. Unfortunately, I think it's still, still back in Dubai. But anyway, 
uh, I bought the book. I'm standing in line and I go up to him and I ask him to sign the, the book. Right. And he's like, Oh, uh, what's your name? Blah, blah. And I said, Oh, my name is Imran. And I said, Oh, I just wanted to say, by the way, and I can't believe I said this because I'm an idiot. I said, uh, I just wanted to say, I actually haven't seen uh, Joseph and the amazing technical dream coat. And, and I haven't seen Jesus Christ superstar. And he's looking at me like, why are you here? That, but, but I, I grew up watching and listening to your songs of the Lion King and that Met, met the world to me. So thank you so much for that. And he's like, oh, well, of course, of course. Blah, blah. Then he signed uh, something, something and he gave the book to me. And I wish I could show you that right now, but I can't because I don't have the book. But uh, yeah, I got to meet Tim Rice, which is pretty cool. That is really cool. And I almost insulted him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought his book and then I went up to him and said like, who are you? Yeah, I saw a cue. So I figured, <laughs> you know, I just gave a signature. Which were, which were, which, which are the, your favorite characters of the movie? We have what? to guess. Okay. Yeah, let's guess Imran's favorite character. Oh, okay, cool. Hmm, Imran's uh, favorite character. Zazu? I don't know. Uh, for some reason, I would cast Imran as Zazu. I don't know why. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. This should be the thing. What would we cast each other as in the movie? That would be- <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh no. Uh, I'm going to go with Ed. I'm going to go with Rafiki for you. Yeah, Daniel wins. It, it is Rafiki. There's this point where, I mean, I really liked Zazu. Uh, I really liked Ed and Pumba. But Rafiki, there's this point where he, when he goes back to meet Simba and he says, he's like, you don't know who I am. Like, I know who you are. You're Mufasa's boy. And then he turns around to look at him and he's like, bye. And he just walks. <laughs> <laughs> You're Mufasa's boy. <gasps> bye. <laughs> Who wrote that? That is so brilliant. He's like, he drops his ball and he's like, all right, bye. <laughs> like, fantastic. That was so well done. Yeah, yeah. Rafiki just feel. I feel like Rafiki is on a different planet, basically, throughout the whole movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's high. It's just high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rafiki ex machina. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to guess, I want to guess Daniel. I want to guess Daniel. How say Zazu? I think it's Scar. Uh, I would say Scar as well. Yeah, I did think of Scar, but I don't. I don't really like the way it just flips over every time from one to another at the end. If he did not do this at the end, it would be my favorite character. I think my favorite character is Nala, just because she's badass. Like she's not running away or being stupid or being this kid. Like, oh, I'm gonna be the king of the world. Blah blah blah. blah. No, she's like, okay, I have a job to do, and I'm providing for people, and. I'm, I don't know. She seems more like a good car, a good person, and just like a badass person. So yeah, Nala. Yeah, I, I, I'll echo. No, don't need to guess about me because I, for exactly the same reason, she was a good friend. Okay, she was so sad when Simba died. When she sees him, is like so happy. Like uh, I don't know, especially as a kid, I, I really that that moment when they realize that they know each other and that Simba and Nala, I really really like that. Mm-hmm. Scene. All right, that leaves me. Any uh, a quick guess? I want to say Ed, but uh, yeah, I want to say Ed too. Oh, like Shenzi, like the Whoopi Goldberg's character. She's the the, the, the brains of the hyenas. Interesting, yes. interesting that you all picked the hyenas as my favorite characters. <laughs> apparently, uh, I'll say Ed was a pretty close second. I think my first would have been Rafiki because you know he's high most of the time. Um, <laughs> so he knows stuff and he gets he gets shit done. Right? There isn't a single inefficient move about him. Cool. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for helping me with recording episode two of Low Culture, The Lion King. See you guys next time when we'll be discussing. I have forgotten what's next time, but I'm sure it's another movie that I've forced upon. Uh, Home Alone. Home Alone. Oh, Home Alone. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll see you guys. Uh, well, I will see you guys next time, and we'll be talking about Home Alone. Until then, thank you and goodbye. And that's a wrap for episode two, The Lion King. Thank you so much for listening to Low Culture. If you'd like to find out more about this podcast or anything else that Monocene Studios does, please visit monocenestudios.com. Join us next time for episode three, Home Alone. Monocene Studios.